When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The following is a Learfield presentation of the Rice Sports Network. Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome to the Mike Bloomgren Show. In the next hour, Mike Bloomgren will break down the previous week and look ahead to what's next for the Owls. The Mike Bloomgren Show is brought to you by The Parking Spot. The Parking Spot. We have airport parking covered. By the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 716. Lighting up Rice University in Houston for over 100 years. Now, alongside Coach Bloomgren, here's the voice of the Owls. J.P. Heath. Yes, yes. A happy Monday to one and to all. Great to see you all coming out tonight to our FUD Ruckers. It's our favorite FUD Ruckers. They're all great, but uh, how can you complain? You got Calvin here, DJ on the grill, helping us out tonight. A lot of Rice fans here in attendance. We're at the uh, South McGregor and 288 location for the Mike Bloomgren Show. The irreplaceable Walter not here tonight, little under the weather, so we have... His understudy, I say jokingly, Aaron, uh, been a while, my friend, uh, a couple venues ago since we have uh, hooked up together. But great to have you, a pro's pro. Uh, we're here at Fuddruckers, the world's greatest hamburgers. Whether your crave is grilled onions, crispy bacon, three cheese, all the above, we've got you. Our produce homemade buns, always fresh and delicious. Come by, create your crave today at Fuddruckers. The wonderful CDC has lifted the onion embargo. We have onions. We have my favorite, Pico, and the lever of cheese has been here. It's been a mainstay each week. That's what I'm going to add. Burgers, shakes. Uh, Calvin brought me the depressing news earlier that uh, they've run out of onion rings for tonight, but they uh, have onion rings right around lunchtime, right? That's when it's, you want to get the onion rings you can't go wrong here at Fun Ruckers. We're so grateful uh, to them. Fun, fun show tonight. Of course, as you know, the uh, traditional routine, Coach Bloomgren comes up in a little bit, and we recap that game against Charlotte. And later on, we preview uh, the upcoming contest against uh, Coach Helton's uh, Jim. Um, 
his uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers coming up that Saturday at 1 o'clock, 12.30 is our Houston Methodist Hospital pre- pregame coming up. Uh, and that'll be uh, the great David Salzman and Taylor McCarg on that video side of thing, things. And your faithful audio companions, Nate and hopefully Walter, will be back by then. Matt Peterson, don't be a stranger. He's coming back on the sideline this week. And we'll have that also. We love having that in the booth, uh, Facebook and YouTube feed as well on those Rice channels. Uh, Rice and Western Kentucky coming up Saturday at 1 p.m. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Rice House Insider Podcast. Uh, late last week, I talked to uh, Ellie Bickelmeyer of the Rice Volleyball Team, talking about them going into the conference tournament here soon, and Jose Cruz Jr., Al's baseball team. We largely focused on the uh, move to the American Athletic Conference with both him and um, Ellie, and that was a great, great episode. So wherever, just like this show, it is also uh, wherever you get your podcast, as the old saying goes, uh, the, this, this era. Um, but, uh, another special guest on the show tonight, tight ends boss Jim Jackson, I know, is here somewhere. Coach, good to see you again. He'll be on uh, later on to uh, talk about his unit Good old Texan through and through. Coach Jackson will talk about his path here to South Maine. Definitely a distinguished background. And we have an owl legend on the show tonight. Stay tuned as, as you want to stay tuned the whole show. But uh, around 730, uh, I'll be joined by the great Rodrigo Barnes. Uh, and he has a new book coming out. Uh, that's been out, excuse me, it has a book signing at Rice Stadium coming up that we talk about. It's called The Bouncing Football, Life Lessons on the Gridiron. And uh, he has a signing at the R Association tailgate starting at 1230 coming up on Saturday. And that's going through the end of the first half. Of course, Mr. Barnes, one of the first black athletes at Rice University back in the uh, late 60s and early 70s. And he's got a fantastic story to tell, not only about his time here at Rice, but going on to uh, play for the Cowboys and the Raiders and uh, other NFL stops too. He's up in Garland now. Uh, Speaking of Coach uh, Jackson, uh, this is Texas DFW ties, but uh, Rodrigo Barnes, Al Legend, coming up uh, at 7.30, joining us here um, on the show. And uh, on the Al Sporting front, uh, take note, Rice Volleyball, number one seed in the Conference USA Tournament coming up uh, next week in Norfolk. They swept through UTSA Friday and Saturday at Tudor Fieldhouse. They completed their second straight undefeated conference season. They've won 48 of their last 51 CUSA matches. Uh, Rice soccer season did did come to an end, though, uh, over in Boca Raton uh, last week. Rice Middle Tennessee went to penalty kicks. Uh, Owls uh, barely came up on the short end 4-3, but uh, still with Coach Lee, another another fine season for Rice soccer, condensing two seasons, of course, into about that one calendar year. But we get back and talk about Rice football coming up next, back with more of the Mike Bloomgren Show here from Learfield. Back in just one moment. Everybody's got a burger. No matter what your burger, Fuddruckers has it. Each morning, we make the freshest buns for the world's greatest hamburger. Whatever craving combo you have, our buns have you covered. 100% all-American premium cut beef cooked to order. Add delicious toppings to pile high. Then head over to our build-your-own produce bar with fresh ingredients to create your crave. Our burger coasters are waiting for you at Fuddruckers. The biggest schools. Grabs in traffic, comes down with it. Touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown, Alabama. Ohio State. Oregon. LSU. The biggest moments. the college football rewind that had to be a great game to watch i'll tell you unbelievable download on sunday mornings on apple podcasts search college sports now this is the mike bloomgren show here again the voice of the owls jp a happy monday night to one and to all thanks for uh, coming out again the fuddruckers uh south mcgregor and 288 location you want to get the onion rings like calvin says get here around lunchtime but join us uh, every Monday night, the uh, rest of the season, we can uh, have you covered. Stay tuned. Next segment, we have tight ends coach Jim Jackson and then the great owl legend Rodrigo Barnes to promote his new book coming up. Right now, joined by Dunleavy family at football coach Mike Lundgren. Coach, good evening. 
How you doing, JP? Good, good. Things good. okay? Yep, doing good, man. Yeah. So let us got the Bloomgren cheering section in effect here uh, tonight. Um, obviously a disappointing one in, in Charlotte. Uh, another overtime game. We almost had that, that third straight 30 to 24 decision, but just um, seems like we've started from the back in these uh, crazy close games recently. So uh, as you saw it going in overtime, you won the toss uh, this time and just kind of break it down and floor is yours, however you want to take it there. What were your thoughts on that one? Oh, yeah, you win the toss in overtime. You're like, hey, we're going to go defense first. This is exactly what you want. Throw your defense out there. You'll ho hopefully get a stop and, and know exactly what you need offensively. And, and obviously it didn't play out that way. Uh, we've got to do a great job uh, working this with our team you know it, it seems like everything's happened in segments we've had to talk about like coming back understanding that you know if we go down in a game or if the other team scores first we can respond and we can overcome it and uh you know we talked about it three weeks ago and hey this is a good thing these are good opportunities you get down you rally you go and in the last three games we've been down and we found a way to tie them or, or take the lead again so that's one thing now the next step for us is being able to finish games and being able to win in overtime and realizing that overtime you're one step away from uh, one play on each side of the ball away from going and celebrating in the locker room and getting done what you want to get done so but just like we talked about last week when you are in an overtime game there's so many plays that if one just goes the other way you, you don't even make it to overtime in the first place right you end up winning the game in, in regulation and uh, but anyway, anyway, you slice it. There were so many good things in this game, but the bottom line is, in the bottom line business, we didn't get it done. You know, we had up by 10 with 6.35 to play and uh, didn't get it done. And in that, uh, I guess, towards the end of regulation, if I remember that right, you had about a third and six, third and seven. I mean, you convert that, you chew a little more time off. I mean, I know, but there, like you referenced there, there could have been a few other plays that were made or not made, too, that would have swung the decision of that game. Oh, 100%. And it comes down to one. Uh, there's, you know, you look at the first half and, and even through, uh, through that point, you know, three and two-thirds quarters, we were unbelievable. We had held them to 37 plays on defense. They had right around 200 yards. We almost had 500 yards of total offense. And you have a 10-point lead, and you've held the ball for 30-something, 30 35 minutes at that point, I guess. And so you're like, man, this is going really well. But there were still missed opportunities on offense. We blocked a field goal, you know, to, to kind of save ourselves after having a special teams error. And that was a big-time play by Miles Adams getting a hand on that ball. But there's, like, three other PAT field goal opportunities that he's, oh, my gosh, like, like just hairs away from blocking. And any one of those changes the game. But, again, when we get into overtime, we got to find a way to finish those. That's the bottom line, and that's really the message to the team is, like, you know, like pressure is a good thing. Pressure is earned. And whether that's through winning enough games to make the next game big or whether that's from playing well enough in one game to get to the point where pressure is there. And so understand that pressure is a privilege was really the message to them. On the uh, offensive positive sides, uh, Ari Broussard almost tripled his career high game on the ground uh, up, up around 180, 190 there. And uh, he he was going like, like we hadn't seen. He had about 100 in that first half alone. So discuss Ari's impact in, in that game, how um, he's turned into that, that dude in, in that game almost alone. Really. Yeah, and that's, that's been something that's coming. Actually, you've been on the Ari bandwagon for a while, you know, pointing out his stretch of five games where he had an explosive every game and, and did some really cool things. And, and now this is a time where he's earned the right to have more of the load, and he was just the hot hand. I mean, he averaged, I think, 10 yards a carry in the first half and maybe 8.5 in the second and was, was really dominant. The offensive line, the tight ends, the fullbacks did a great job blocking for him. But that only gets you to a certain point. Then you got to run somebody over, and, and he did it. Yeah. And a little more on him because he has such a cool story. Nate and I were talking a little bit about it. But he gets into Rice on his own, correct, if I remember mm -hmm. the details, I think, from you in the, the past year or two. And then he emails you all to get into the, the, hey, can I get some kind of tryout? So kind of take it from there and how that whole process, has, it's almost – come full circle now with a, a dominating game like that yeah prior to Sidney Davis you know there was a, a guy named John Simmons yeah. who was here as the chief of staff and, and John took a lot of my emails and uh, he gets several emails from people like hey you know several a day hey I want to play for you blah 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 this one's different this is I got into rice and I would like to walk on the football team and it's like okay well that's one we don't have to use an admission slot on that's really cool let's see if this kid can you know walk and chew gum at the same time and you turn on his film, and he's at Lusher High School in New Orleans, and, and he's playing good football. 
and we looked at our roster and we, we had such a, a void at linebacker. We just didn't have enough people to play. We only had two linebackers all spring healthy. And we said, hey, man, we would love to have you, but we need you to play linebacker. And Ari said, okay. And he did it. And he battled a couple injuries in his true freshman year. Uh, but then he came to me afterwards. He's like, coach, I really want to play running back. And I think I can help this team. And so we tried him there that spring. And he ended up having a very, very good spring. And so much so that we ended up putting him on scholarship. And, and we thought he was going to be a, a feature back for us. And every year, it's been something. He had a, a bad injury uh, two camps ago, the last training camp, his roommate got COVID, so he missed all the training camp. And it's just been bad luck things. And uh, this has been the longest stretch of health for Ari, knock on wood. You know, I think he's done a good job taking care of his body. And now he's at a point where he can carry more of the load. And we want him to have even more. I think he had 18 carries the other night. Like, we'd love for him to be a 20 to 25 carry a game guy where he's going to either feed his pads to somebody who comes up and tries to tackle him or he's going to, you know, carry them like he's a, like they're a backpack as he <laughs> continues to run forward, which you keep seeing him do for those extra four and five yards on those big runs. Jake Bailey, uh, his second straight career high game, 143 yards to match his previous 143-yard game. And like uh, Nate talked to him in the pregame, and it's not a, a surprise when he, he's doing that now, but like, like you've mentioned, hey, he's coming, he's coming. We believe in him, and he's, he's stacking those games more and more. So what, what's the switch that's been flipped, if, if, if that's the right phrase, and, and how, how big has that impact been? Because he, he's turning into that alpha dog on the receiving core. He is. You know, he just loves the opportunity. When the ball's up in there, he's going to go get it. And, you know, like, I, I don't know if you noticed, but a after a couple of his big catches, he's kind of just like hands up, like, yeah, they can't cover me. Like, <laughs> give me a chance. And, and, you know, whether it's Wiley or Jake Constantine, they're giving him great balls, and he's going up and fighting for him. He's making plays and really doing a great job creating separation in his routes. What, what did you like on the defensive side of things? Even, I mean, Reynolds clicked and, and got things done for them in the final few minutes but 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 y'all had done you limited them to what 60 70 rushing yards on the game so what were the defensive things you take out of that you can build on yeah I think the four sacks are a big deal you know and being able to get off the field you know prior to that last or to that drive at 635 left in the fourth quarter the defense had only defended three drives and they were all three three play drives in the second half so when you can play that way only nine plays and get them three and out that's pretty outstanding. And uh, the first drive actually wasn't a three and out, but it was uh, the third offensive play we created a fumble. You know, Montero hits the quarterback and separates him from the ball, and it pops into Desert's hands. So still nine total plays. And uh, Kirk Lockhart recorded a team-high nine tackles. It was scary for a second when, when he was down after making a tackle. But uh, discuss Kirk, and his, he's, he's in there a lot with, uh, with Trayshawn Chamberlain out, but Lockhart's gotten some run anyway, but just – uh, tell us a little about Kirk's game. Yeah, I mean, all those safeties are doing such a good job jumping in there, whether you're talking about Kirk or whether you're talking about Gabe, Taylor. I mean, all those guys that are, are jumping into big roles, you know, with George Nyakwal down, with Trayshawn Chamberlain down, it's, it's next man up. And, and whether these guys are, are quite ready for it or not, they have to be. We need them. And so they're stepping in there, and you're seeing their athleticism. They're doing a great job studying these game plans, and they are making plays. And, and I thought, like, Kirk doing that and even play Wyatt stepping in for a handful of plays. It's just great to see these guys coming. Uh, and then Naeem, the elder statesman that's getting everybody lined up back there. Trey Schumann, okay? He was down. He, down yeah, you know, Trey, Trey goes down once a game, and, <laughs> and we're always going to hope that Trey's going to be okay and be ready to go for the next week. You know, we'll, we didn't practice him today, but we'll see how things go. Uh, neglected to mention your thoughts on uh, Jake Constantine's game. Uh, made, made some plays out there. I know there were some throws he wanted back, but what were y'all's thoughts on, on Jake? You know, Jake is, is everything we've said in the past. He's a wild horse rider. Like, he's going to get – we're going to get him to a point. Coach Tui's going to get him to a point where he can execute our offense. And now what happens once that pre-snap stuff happens and those mechanics and the ball snapped, he will do some things that are off script. And most of the time they're really good. You know, he keeps them alive, keeps plays alive, and he gives our receivers a chance down the field. So that's what he did. And, and there were big plays. But there were just uh, – you talk about a game of inches, right, the one that's off August Pete's uh, hands in the second quarter. You know, you sure wish we could have completed that pass because what a different game that becomes. And there's a couple others where he's very capable of making every throw we're asking of him. And uh, we'd love to have him back at that 70 or 80% completion rate that he was at earlier in the year. If we can get him there – uh, along with the explosive he's capable of, we could have a lot of things going our way for the uh, a lot of good things for the Rice Owls with Jake. We got first year's tight ends boss Jim Jackson coming up next. Uh, tell us something we might not know about him. 
Oh man, this is a, this is a really cool reunion for so many ways. Um, we interviewed for the same job with the New York Jets in 2007, and uh, his connection was Mike Devlin, who you know is with our staff now, volunteering with the offensive line. And uh, so, you know, I end up taking that job. He doesn't. Then he goes and interviews with Eric Mangini again with this, the Cleveland Browns. And I didn't know him well enough to tell him not to take that job at the time, but thank God he didn't. And uh, then we end up, you know, both in California. And when we were recruiting high schools, you know, the, the L.A. There's a lot of practices that happen at, like, literally 5 a.m. And, you know, so I'm at Stanford. He's at University of San Diego, and we're all over Orange County, all over L.A. And he is one of the only guys I saw at every 5 a.m. practice I went to. Like, he, he just grinds. And, and he's a guy that, as you know how I feel about offensive line coaches, his background's offensive line. Uh, he's the son of a high school football coach here in the DFW area, a Texas high school football coach. And so he's a grinder. He's an O-line guy. And he's coached tight ends uh, at a high level before, and he's doing a great job with our guys. I'm glad we have him. All right, Coach, thanks. Back to preview those Hilltoppers coming up, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. That's Dunleavy Family at football coach Mike Bloomgren. We'll talk some tight ends next with that Texan Jim Jackson. This is the uh, Mike Bloomgren Show from Learfield. Hey, it's JP here to tell you that, yes, there's more Rice House content out there for you to consume. Subscribe and download the official podcast of Rice Athletics, Rice Owls Insider. Rice Owls Insider provides a unique new look at a variety of head coaches, players, and other integral voices inside the Rice Athletics Department. Plus, you can find archive coaches shows as well. For the best in Rice House content, subscribe to Rice Owls Insider, the official podcast of Rice Athletics, available on Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. You're listening to the latest in Owls football with the head coach, Mike Bloomgren. Now, let's rejoin J.P. Heath. Stay tuned. More with Coach Bloomgren coming up. We'll preview Tyson Heldon and his slinging it around Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and uh, their uh, their great offensive game. Uh, and stay tuned. Owls legend Rodrigo Barnes joins us next segment to uh, talk about his new book, The Bouncing Football, Life Lessons on the Gridiron. Rodrigo will be at the R Association tailgate Saturday uh, signing those books. That starts at 1230, goes through the end of the first half. Joined now by first-year coach, tight ends of the tight ends, Jim Jackson. Coach, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Outstanding. Uh, talked in passing. Glad to uh, make it official somewhat here on the uh, on the stage, but... Uh, and, and having another uh, native Texan up here. We were just talking ball, and I know some of the same people, but give me the path, as you were telling me. That's a long list being no ar- around our state, but kind of the, the path, first year here, but via UMass, San Diego, and, and other stops, kind of yeah. the uh, winding tale that is Jim Jackson. You know, my, my dad used to always say, home is where the ball takes us. So we <laughs> kind of have traveled all over. I grew up in Texas, lived my whole life here until 18 years old. And then I was a college football coach after college, and I didn't live in Texas again until this year. Um, so it was 18 or 19 years till we moving all over. I uh, got my graduate degree at Minnesota, worked, worked at uh, Southern Illinois, University of San Diego, UMass. And so it's interesting. It's like uh, you, you live your life in Texas your entire life, and then we've been trying for 19 years to get back to Texas because my wife is from Dallas, too. She went to Bishop Lynch High School, and yeah. I went to Mesquite Poteet. So, yeah, that's a, it's a pretty cool deal. So you get your bachelor's at Cornell, not only two years football, but three years baseball too, right? Yeah. So, you know, I tell everybody I was, uh, I was a much better baseball player than football player, <laughs> but I knew I wanted to be a college football coach and the coaches knew it too. And I played for some really good coaches. Um, Raheem Morris was on the staff. Um, wow. Bill Lazor was on that staff as well too, Tim Tibisar. And so like guys who like were really shaped me as a coming up as a player and as a coach and what I wanted to be like and things like that. So it was cool. So previous coaches that have sat in your chair, I've asked the same question um, about going to a prestigious college, helping at this prestigious college. So how much does that help? Not only have you played at that level, you know the grind, and the grind is real, and so you can relate not only in recruiting but to the other athletes. You yeah, coach. no doubt. And, and Coach Blumen talks about this all the time. Like We're looking for the, the best of the best academically and athletically. And I think when you understand what they go through on a daily basis from a a stress standpoint and what their lives are like, I think it makes the the football part of it fun. And we try to be the fun part of their day. And I think think when you do that, they come to the building excited. They come to the building ready to work. And they come to the building excited about the, the game plan or the next day or competing with their friends and stuff like that. I think there's something to that. And I think when you coach an intelligent player, too, there's a certain level of, 
Um, you got to know what you're talking about or they can see through it quickly. And, um, and I think that's a big, big thing we do as a staff, just making sure we're organized, making sure we're on the same page so that there's, you know, we're all on the same page together, players, coaches, assistants, Coach Bloomgren, everybody all together. And, and it's such a unique position to coach. Like everybody yeah. knows it, it's part lineman but, but part receiving. So you got to have some skill and you got to have that brute force mixed in. So do you see it that way that uh, every position is complex, obviously line and, and other nuances, but, but tight ends, is, is a, they have to be a rare breed, right? Yeah, you know, we're, we're linemen with wings. <laughs> I, I say that all the time. Um, you got to be physical. You got to play at the point of attack. You got to like blocking to, to play tight end. And you got to really like it to play at Rice University because um, that's what we're going to be about. But those guys who can make a difference in the pass game really help too. And um, we're looking for the complete player, obviously, in recruiting and things like that. But when we receive players, you know, and, and we get them as they are, we try to build them up and, and accelerate their strengths, but help them develop their weaknesses as well too. And I think that's a big thing. But for us, it's always going to start with the run blocking and how excited you get about with that. And then, you know, when, when we develop the passing part or we get a talented player in that regard, I think that helps too. So, I, I mean, at this stage, obviously, I can look at the guys and know who they are. But you, you've got a lot of tight ends that will play a lot at the same yep. time and, and rotating. Like Jordan Myers, he'll, he'll come up. And, I mean, who knows with Jordan? He's playing every, every <laughs> position at once, it seems like. But discuss the group and how I – mean, we had Jager here last week. Awesome. But, I mean, I mean, Robert French is out there. you got Jack Bradley. But even Jordan, too, playing, yep. playing the tight end spot sometimes, too. Yeah, you know, um, Jack, to me, is, has been the guy for us. He's kind of been our bell cow a little bit this year. Um, he – He's doing a great job blocking and, and obviously things we can um, improve upon and stuff. But he's a great kid, man, and just works really hard and comes from a really good background and a really good family. And I'm trying to get him to lead more and speak up more. But, um, but he does an unbelievable job with working our room and being the leader there. Um, Jager, an unbelievable kid, too. Great story, great player, great person. He's going to grow up and probably be a CEO one day. Um, so I make sure I'm uh, extra nice to him. But he does, a, he does a really good job with our players and, and leading the young guys, I think, by example, too. And Robert's an awesome young man, too. And he's got a great family. His family's at every single game. Mm -hmm. um, and he's improved a ton. And, and I really like where, what he's done and how much he's given us a, as a given to the Rice football program and given for his team and stuff. So, like, it's been fun for those three who have played. And, like, Jordan's been interesting because, like, we joke, uh, Jordan's got, like, five coaches right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Coach Picasso coaches him mostly. Coach Tui grabs him in the pass stuff. Coach Bloom grabs him in the run. And then if he has a question, he'll come ask me about tight end stuff. So it's a, it's a great place to be because everybody likes coaching him. But um, he's been awesome in the room, too. And, you know, I can't, I can't say enough about our younger guys, too. Jagger Hebison, Nate Camper, and Connor Welsh. Like, they are really absorbing and watching the older guys. And I think they're going to have some really bright futures coming up just from learning by example and watching how those players. their business so and they don't have an easy blocking scheme this week going against that really talented western kentucky defensive lots from the keys and all conference guy knows on the other side yeah you know the biggest is focusing on us really making sure we are doing technically and fundamentally sound things um i think when we can do that we can play with a lot of different people and we've shown that we've played with our from a receiving standpoint and we and we are going to spend some time this week fine-tuning some of our techniques and maybe doing a little extra dive on the film study on what actually can help us. But, no, it, it's something that you get to a point with a player like Jack and like Jager and those guys where they're fourth- and fifth-year players, and they're, they're excited about the challenge. They're not, uh, oh, man, what's going to happen? They're saying, hey, bring them on and bring them on for 60 plays, and I think that's a fun place to be. All right, last question, the toughest question, being that, that native Texan you are bragging about. Best high school football game ever seen. Son of a coach. I'm sure you've been around the state. Okay. Or top couple, maybe. Okay. So uh, I'll give you one that I was not at, but my dad went, and I couldn't go because I was sick. It was the John Tyler Plano East favorite, the, uh, the Texas Stadium famous game, good gosh almighty Joe Friday game. I'm going to be sick. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to be sick. The, that's probably one of that's the greatest of all time, probably. He, my dad was at that game, old Dallas Cowboys yeah. Stadium. Um, the best one I went to. Lake Highlands played Plano East in a state semifinal game in, like, 1998-99, my senior year. And Plano East had two or three pros, and uh, Lake Highlands had a running back named Marcus Stiggers who played yeah. at – who's a quarterback slash running back. He played at Colorado. And I think that game was, like, 49-45, to 45, and it was – every play was a touchdown, and it was awesome to watch. And 
that old Texas Stadium was different now. Like yeah. when you went to those playoff games, and I played there, I think twice, and you'd come out of that tunnel, and those lights were so bright that it was like you were blinded for at least thirty minutes or so. But <laughs> that was a fun deal, and it's a great experience for all players growing up in Texas to get to play in stadiums like that and experiences like that's memories I have with a lifetime for for my high school teammates and stuff like that. So. Yeah, those would be those two games would be my dad went to one and then I went to the other one, but they were both at the old Texas Stadium. So Nothing like the Friday Night Lights, right? N- absolutely. absolutely. Hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Appreciate we appreciate it. it. Thanks, guys. Titans coach Jim Jackson joining us here, here at the Mike Bloomgren Show. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Al Legend Rodrigo Barnes will join us, and that's coming up next here at Fuddruckers. This is the Mike Bloomgren Show from Learfield. You know who makes the world's greatest hamburgers? You do. Only Fuddruckers allows you to completely customize your burger with endless ways to create your crave. You'll always have gourmet perfection in your hands. You might even earn a Ph.D. in burger building while doing it. Visit Fuddruckers today. Every time you come to Fuddruckers, you have the power to create your crave. We like to call it CYC. CYC means you select your bun, the size of your burger, and the burger is cooked your way. And don't forget about our abundant variety of delicious toppings. CYC, only at Fuddruckers. Highlighting the owls on the gridiron. Welcome back to the Mike Bloomgren Show. Here again, your host, J.P. Welcome back on the Mike Bloomgren Show. Coming up in just a bit, we will have Coach Bloomgren previewing those Western Kentucky Hilltoppers in a uh, matter of moments. But first, we are honored to be joined by uh, Rice Football Greatness to tell you about an event coming up uh, before and during some of the WKU game Probably doesn't need an introduction, but I will do it anyway. It is uh, former Al great Rodrigo Barnes. Good day, sir. How are you doing? Hey, great, great. Glad to see everyone. Happy to be on your show finally. Yes, sir. So Rodrigo is uh, signing copies of his book, The Bouncing Football, Life Lessons on the Gridiron. Um, As a little bit of context, uh, Rodrigo, along with Mike Taylor, Staley Vincent, and basketball player Leroy Marion, uh, were the first four African-American athletes at Rice University. So uh, I guess the, the most basic question to start with is uh, what was the motivation behind uh, wanting to write uh, from, from the, the previews I've read of it, very inspirational book. So uh, what was your motivation behind wanting to write it? Well, really wanted to get my story out there. Uh, as you know, uh, it, being in the business, uh, Everyone put their uh, little little uh, story to what they think you are were, and most of it was you know hidden around the ballpark. But I wanted to just put my story out there and uh, tell it the way I saw it, and uh, give people a chance to communicate back with me with that. Yeah, so so tell us a little bit about about that story. As and I'm going to focus on some of the rice time in, in a bit. But you had a, a standout rice career uh, in the Southwest Conference, of course. Uh, drafted by uh, the Dallas Cowboys and winning that Super Bowl with the Raiders. But then um, you, you, you say that you, you, you were kind of faded away. So uh, d- discuss that. And I guess I don't want to give away the whole book, but, but some of the motivation around that. Well, uh, you know, uh, my career at Rice was kind of during a uh, time where we weren't very successful uh, on the football field uh, as a team. Uh, but me as individually, as an individual, I, I accomplished a great deal on the team, being the first and uh, in, in first black players, first black uh, West Southwest Conference uh, District defensive player, um, and honored to make uh, in two different positions as linebacker and defensive end, different years, and also sophomore player of the year, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, making uh, some All American teams. And so it was a great honor uh, for me to be selected. It was a great challenge uh, at the same time to come into that institution and try to be successful uh, from a green point. And, uh, and we had a little help, but uh, it was a struggle, but uh, we were successful. And it, it taught us to, to be strong, to persevere, uh, to continue to fight hard. And then the great rights, traditional academics, as well as athletes in the past, uh, had always been there. So, and then playing in the All Southwest Conference too, you know, which was great at that time, one of the best conferences in in America. So, uh, it was all a wonderful opportunity. So, you're from Waco, Texas. Um, discuss your path to Rice and how. Um, and a little background. I, I happened to talk to a Staley Vincent. Happened to be the game at the game on Saturday, 
And um, I want to get your take on that because uh, Staley told us that he didn't seek out to make history. But when you're coming from Waco to the big city of Houston with um, such a challenging task ahead of you, when, when did you see that this could be history making? Well, from the beginning, actually, I had a few coaches to come to me and tell me, you know, we would be the first and and uh, and have an opportunity to be, as a defensive player to be one of the first to make ourselves come defensively as well. Coming from the uh, projects of uh, East Waco, Texas, uh, and uh, also uh, uh, from other areas, uh, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, a uh, background of basically uh, being you know segregation and everything so it was it was the first time to be thrown into the mixing bowl of uh integration uh for not only for me but for my teammates as well it was a time to uh, make some adjustments and to see what kind of person i was and and to experience uh, some of the goodness of other people that you know i didn't know anything about and uh being from an isolated type of background and then coming to a uh, all white uh, institution uh, university at that time was a great challenge uh, all the way around. Uh, but uh, the people were overall were pretty nice uh, and it gave me an opportunity to strive and, and to persevere. And, uh, and I enjoyed the challenge and uh, very fortunate to have been selected to come to Rice and, uh, and it was uh, did fair enough to uh, graduate and, and complete complete my obligations there, uh, uh, even though there were a lot of different problems and issues at the time. And hopefully, uh, uh, the things that we did benefited the university. And that was basically our whole plan was to make things better, uh, as well as to make ourselves better. Mm-hmm. We are talking to the great Rodrigo Barnes here on the Mike Bloomgren Show. Um, you, you mentioned that it was relatively smooth. W- when you look back these years later, w- what what are your fondest memories of that time uh, integrating at Rice? And a- as you look back, uh, maybe even game-specific moments or bonds you had with other teammates. Right. Well, I bonded first with the young man out of uh... – uh, I forgot what city he's out of Texas. Uh, his name was Merrif Martin, and uh, <clears throat> he's from East Texas and uh, uh, opposite background of me completely, mm-hmm. and uh, a red-headed, freckle-faced white boy. And uh, he became my best friend uh, uh, on field and my best white friend there uh, relative, relatively uh, quickly. And uh, uh, so that was a great bonding that I had that was completely different open the doors, open my eyes, open his eyes. We sit around a many nights just talking and going over our past history and where we came from and what we thought and, and how we got to where we are. And uh, so uh, that was great. And, and meeting all the other students and, and, and really bonding uh, with the students and them opening up and sharing their, their, their inner parts with me and I'm sharing my inner parts with them and uh, actually uh, uh, coming together is not only teammates but as friends and so it was just a wonderful wonderful uh, opportunity for me to grow and uh, I took advantage of it mm-hmm. so your first varsity season was 1969 uh, you mentioned this that you're named the Southwest Conference sophomore defensive player of the year and then two years later overall conference defensive player of the year so you obviously could play a little ball uh, you're inducted into the Rice Hall of Fame we're talking to Hall of Famer here uh, 10 years ago and uh, the Rice is putting up some plaques uh, to honor you and your uh, fellow athletes. Just w- what does that time mean to you now in the sense that um, the, the social impact that you made and kind of tying it together now in these social times and the uh, social justice awareness times that we're living in now? Well, it's, it's a wonderful change. It's, it's great progress. Uh, it's great to see the Rice family come together and unite about something that is good and to see a product that, that was developed and mixed right there in front of their own eyes, uh, day to day, year to year, and to accomplish uh, what we accomplished at the time. Then we look back and look at our students today, student athletes, uh, students at Rice University, look at all the diversity there, uh, look at all the uh, togetherness that we have, look at what we started and what we brought about, look at the black administrators and educators and 
and people in positions that can help and contribute to the well-being and to the uh, inner uh, accepting of the inner culture of uh, another minority group in the Rice family. And for Rice University to support that group uh, uh, and, and to stand by it and not to tear it down and destroy it. Because of the position I was in, the university could have very easily destroyed me, destroyed my future or whatever with some of the things that I was pursuing. But uh, they enabled me to carry on, and, and those proved to be some good good investments in our university by supporting uh, our efforts. And I'm just appreciative of the university and administration for that. So when you get into the NFL, drafted by... Uh, a little secret. Dallas Amen. I don't, I don't tell too many people here in these Houston parts, but a uh, proud Cowboys <laughs> fan, but then you go on and you win a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Uh, Correct. Is a lot of the book focused on the transition of the history you made in Houston, but also uh, playing at the league now, which obviously late sixties and going into the seventies, it, it wasn't exactly smooth sailing. Uh, unfortunately uh, for, for black players, was it? Very good question and statement also. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, uh, leaving Rice and going to the NFL was like a step down, uh, basically, uh, culture-wise uh, and, and everything else. Uh, the uh, the atmosphere, the environment, the, uh, the city of Dallas, uh, it, it was just behind a great deal of Houston and uh, the uh, acceptance and uh, – integration as far as uh, participation on an equal scale, all of that was, none of that was available at that time. And so it was a great transition uh, to do that. Uh, and then I was playing middle linebacker and there was only one, the great Bob Willis Lanier, who was the only black middle linebacker in the NFL. And I was trying to be uh, the one in the NFC for the Dallas Cowboys uh, behind Leroy Jordan. Mm -hmm. And so that was a challenge within itself also, although I was offered to start at the weak side I wanted to start in the mill, and I, so I was a little stubborn, too. So it was a lot of stuff going on. It was a lot of things could have been done better, a lot of conversations that could have been had, and people could have treated people better and with more respect and dignity and even money. But uh, I thought uh, the NFL was really uh, – uh, it was just a step backwards from college football back then. So a little behind the scenes, Rodrigo was gracious enough to give us his time. Uh, he, he's right smack dab. He was ending lunchtime uh, in his duties at Garland ISD. So do you you talk to the students like, hey, come on, I'm, I'm Rodrigo Barnes. You got you got to listen to me and, and, and throw out that disciplinary angle. Or do they say, oh, come on, that was that was too long. What, what do they say? Do you try to try to tell them? <laughs> I really wish it was that easy, but yeah. they don't they don't know me. They <laughs> if I'm not a. a Zach Prescott, uh, uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, people that are playing there, it don't take me three or four years and you have forgotten completely, I tell you. But uh, it is sometimes I do wear my Super Bowl ring and I wear my Rice uh, graduation ring uh, and, and, and reassociate myself with uh, different pro athletes. I was at uh, Rayfield Rice Golf Tournament last week and I wore wow. some of his uh, uh, member fee or his uh, hat and stuff with, you know, the Hall of Fame on it and everything. And so I'm still friends with a lot of the greats, uh, Evan Bethea out of Houston and, and uh, a lot of those guys too. So I enjoy that. But uh, no, it's quite different. Uh, the kids don't pay me any attention, but I tell you, uh, I stand my ground and uh, we keep it going, and uh, they, they give me a little respect and, and listen to the old man, and we get things done. But it's a pleasure and a privilege to be here, to work with kids, to help out, to feel a purpose, and to still be involved with young lives and trying to motivate it, motivate them into the right direction. So it's an honor to, to for Garden ISD to employ me. It's, it's an honor to be employed by the district, and I appreciate the uh, 15 years or so that I've been here. So once again, Rodrigo Barnes, he'll be uh, signing copies of his book, The Bouncing yes. Football, Life Lessons on the Gridiron. Yes. Uh, so that's from at the Art Association tailgate, 1230 going through the end of the first half. Uh, where, yes. else, where else can folks get a copy uh, of the book on the, the regular online places, I imagine? Or right. You, correct. Thanks for asking. You have Amazon, you have Barnes & Noble, uh, the two biggest uh, sellers out there, although we haven't sold a lot. But we were privileged to be – selected as one of the featured books in the Frankfurt, Germany 
a book festival that they have every year, which is the world's largest festival. And uh, I was honored that uh, our book, my book, was selected as one of the featured books, which was last week uh, from the 20th to the 24th of uh, uh, October. And so it was a wonderful privilege and pleasure uh, to be a part of that also. So I'm excited about the book. I think it has a lot of meaningful uh, examples of, about life, how to, how to overcome some, some different situations, as well as being specific about mine. So uh, I'm sure uh, the readers, and it's uh, good for kids, adults, it, it, no profanity. It's just a straight-up good book, uh, good read, easy read, uh, about 220 pages. And, uh, and I'm sure you can get something out of it meaningfully. Meaningful. So I'm, I'm proud of it. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to buy my copy and uh, encourage Super. fans to to do that. And, uh, hey, we're Super. going to this, this new conference up in Dallas. I don't want yes. any excuses. You have an open invitation when we play at SMU or, heck, North Texas anytime. Well, we'd love to get you on the broadcast again. And just thank you for everything. Like, you didn't seek out to make the history, but thank you for the grace in which you, you've handled it. And I, I hope the book goes well. And uh, always and out. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you so much. And I will be available and don't hesitate to call upon me. Yes, sir. Let's go out. Yes, sir. Rice fight. That's the great Rodrigo Barnes. uh, Book signing at Rice Stadium coming up before the game on Saturday at that R Association tailgate. Stay tuned. We'll have Coach Bloomgren coming back next here. This is the Mike Bloomgren Show from Learfield. This is the Mike Bloomgren Show. Here again, the voice of the Owls, J.P. Heath. The great Rodrigo Barnes. Uh, remember, the uh, Our Association tailgate starting at 1230, and that goes through the end of uh, the half. Uh, his new book is uh, The Bouncing Football, Life Lessons on the Gridiron. Uh, one of the great Rice Owls. We talked about uh, some of his accomplishments there, and uh, that time there didn't even do it, it justice. But uh, uh, I told him, and I'm in it, I'm going to go uh, buy one of those books and, uh, and give it a good read. Joined again by uh, Dunleavy family and football coach Mike Bloomgren, breaking down Tyson Helton's Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. I joked with Nate. I said, I think conference broadcasters are required to say Bailey Zappi in the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers because he garners much of the headlines for them. So I might as well start for him. Leading the nation in passing. Uh, and, and coming from HBU, he, he just seems like a perfect plug into that, that, that high-octane tempo like he does. Yeah, and, you know, they really – this is a big homecoming for them. When you talk about Bailey Zappi, when you talk about Jared Stearns and their offensive coordinator, they were all at HBU last year together. And so this has been a package deal that has just been <laughs> transplanted uh, up north to Western Kentucky. Uh, but they're doing a great job. You know, they've instituted the scheme very well. They're very talented, and Bailey looks very comfortable in that scheme. You know, and – there's not really an effort to run the ball at times. They are going to throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it, and you better defend it and you better stay on top of their receivers and on top of Jared Stearns or he's going to burn you deep. Is it like old air raid, how mummy? Very much so. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the feel of uh, Texas Tech from 12 years ago. Okay. So and, and what are his attributes that work so well with that? Because it seems like, I mean, he's obviously – doing well when he's been plugged in there he's just so i think he's a coach on the field for him i mean every quarterback probably should be right but he he knows where people are going to be he knows where any issues are in protection and he gets it out so freaking quick and so accurate you know i mean he's really doing a great job delivering the ball to his receivers in the right place so they can catch him run and like you mentioned he's got weapons on the outside with essentially his whole receiving crew that that came from uh just down Southwest Freeway there, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so very talented guys there. And the offensive line's doing a good job sorting out a lot of pressures and, and giving them time. It's going to be a great challenge for our defense. You know, I'm excited to see our D-linemen get after it and, and try to get hits on the passer like we do. And, and that's going to be a big factor for our success. And on their defense, uh, D'Angelo Malone uh, garners a lot of the headlines. Uh, what's he do so special? And they've got uh, Jawan Jones on the other side, too. Yeah, when you talk about Malone, you know, the returning Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, uh, that's, a, that's a heck of a title, you know, when you win it one year and get to come back and defend it the next year. And he's doing it again. He's leading him in tackles. He's leading him on quarterback hits, sacks, really every, quarter, every uh, statistic you can have on defense. So he's doing a great job. He's a great challenge, again, for our tackles. So uh, it seems like there's somebody every week when you're in Conference USA and you're playing those great defensive linemen. But he's another one, and he's a guy that, uh, again, has been recognized in this conference as the best. So what a great challenge for our offense. 
All right. See you this week, Coach. Thanks right. a lot. Sounds good. Thanks, Appreciate David. it. Dunleavy Family Head Football Coach Mike Bloomgren of our Rice House. Rice and WKU Western Kentucky coming up Saturday, 1 o'clock. I'll wrap up the show after this. Another update on the Owl Sporting Front. And send you home with a good uh, milkshake and hamburger here from Fuddruckers. This is the Mike Bloomgren Show from Learfield. Everybody's got a burger. No matter what your burger, Fuddruckers has it. Each morning, we make the freshest buns for the world's greatest hamburger. Whatever craving combo you have, our buns have you covered. 100% all-American premium cut beef cooked to order. Add delicious toppings to pile high. Then head over to our build-your-own produce bar with fresh ingredients to create your crave. Our burger coasters are waiting for you at Fuddruckers. You're listening to the latest in Owls football with the head coach, Mike Bloomgren. Now, let's rejoin J.P. Heath. Got to tell you, the only bad thing about doing these shows, the only thing is I can't get my Fuddruckers immediately. Well, I guess, I mean, I could, but probably not too polite, but... Going to dig into that right after Fuddruckers, the world's greatest hamburgers. Whether your crave is grilled onions, we can eat those onions again. Crispy bacon, three cheese, all the above. We've got you covered. Our produce, homemade buns, always fresh and delicious. Come by and create your crave today at Fuddruckers. It's the uh, 288 and South McGregor location. Hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, Rice University. A reminder, Rice football hosting Western Kentucky, 1 o'clock. The uh, great David Salzman and Taylor McCarg calling now. And your faithful audio companions, Nate, Walter, Matt, and myself, will have that broadcast on the Owls Game Day app, riceowls.com, 1230, that Houston Methodist Hospital pregame show. And let me look around. Oh, no Nate again. Big surprise. I've been talking trash. That uh, Burgers for Nate hashtag. Uh, comes unfulfilled yet again, I can talk my smack again. You get it if you listen to the broadcasts. Uh, we have fun with that. Uh, but Nate actually filling in for me in a couple of weeks, so I have to be a little bit sweet to him. My uh, last show coming up next week. We'll be back next Monday, 7 o'clock. So for everybody that's been a part of this one, thanks to everybody for coming out. Thanks to Aaron Pinch Hitting for the irreplaceable Walter Donaldson. Thanks to uh, Mike back at the studio and all of you for tuning in. Have a great rest of this night. God bless. Go Owls. And we'll talk to you Saturday. Rice in Western Kentucky here. This has been the Mike Bloomgren Show from Learfield. On the Rice Sports Network from Learfield, you've been listening to the Mike Bloomgren Show. Tonight's show was brought to you by The Parking Spot, The Parking Spot. We have airport parking covered. And by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 716, lighting up Rice University and Houston for over 100 years. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rice Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.